Well, first you have to bridge the security and project manager gap um, so that it is, uh, I mean, I can, I can uh, win as many converts in developer land as possible. And that's not often too hard from the background that I have. So I need the project manager to agree that this has a place in the schedule, that this, this has a place in, in, the, in the budget. And um, that makes, that really makes the, the difference. Welcome to the DevSec for Scale podcast, the show that makes security a first-class citizen for growing companies. Welcome back everyone to the DevSec for Scale podcast. I'm Jeremy Hess, head of developer relations at Achilles. And with me today is Dwayne Gran. He's director of information security at Converge Technology Solutions. And Dwayne, we actually met on LinkedIn, which was fantastic because it's always nice to just kind of have a conversation with somebody online and then that turns into, hey, why don't we sit down for a longer chat about some of these topics that we're talking about? So thanks so much for coming on the show. Today we're talking about sort of that where developers and security sit, you know, how, where, where security meets developers or where developers meet security. And uh, obviously there's a lot to talk about, um, whether it's theoretical or practical. So we're going to get into a few of these uh, different things, but before we get into a little bit more about you and what you're up to today, uh, let's get straight into it. So we all know the classic sort of DevOps paradigm these days, right? And, and the DevSecOps shift now as well on top of that. So do you currently see a lot of friction um, between Dev and Sec? I don't think it's so much friction, but what, um, what I'm seeing is gradually where I, I think we're going to see that they're not so different, or at least that's my ambitious hope is that um, we have a, a chain, a new title at the DevSecOps as a way to get our headspace around it. But similar in the way that I think a lot of, of work in system administration has absorbed security practice, um, I think it, it's my sincere hope that in security that happens well. If there's friction right now, it's just because uh, somebody's having to, it, the friction might be that assuming the DevSecOps person is kind of responsible for that security until we've kind of learned collectively how we're all all responsible. Um, anytime you have something that that we all need to own, that kind of is, you know, that belongs, to, that's the other person's area, that's that's the potential friction. So part of what I'll be interested to talk today about how we, you know, we all uh, maybe eagerly have some ownership in it. Great, absolutely. So uh, on that note, let's get into a little bit about yourself. Dwayne, can you uh, just introduce yourself to the uh, audience and tell us what you've been doing and what you're up to now? Sure. So I'm the Director of Information Security for Converge Technology Solutions, which is a company that does a tremendous amount of customer-facing uh, type of, of uh, solutions, including to some part uh, soft, software development. But in my career, I actually started in software development myself is, you know, uh, what I was all about, what I what I loved doing. And I, I still I still enjoy it. I, I, da I dabble, but I kind of shifted towards the security side. So um, I kind of have a foot in both both of these worlds. Great. Um, now, can you talk a little bit? And we talked about this a little bit off camera, but sort of the difference between what you do in terms of infosec at your organization as opposed to you know what 
what other type of you know cyber uh, positions might be. So like internal well, versus external, I think we talked right. about, right? So um, I'm, it's interesting. Uh, Converge owns a cybersecurity company. So I have about 200 uh, co-workers who are deeply uh, familiar with um, information security, penetration testing, all the whole, the whole range, of, range of these things. But they're, they're doing work for, for our customers. And my work is inter- internal that uh, the staff, that I work with, they are my customer. I'm trying to protect uh, protect them and our common interest in the you know safety and security of the business. Got it. Great. So, getting back into our topic at hand, uh, you mentioned that you started off as a developer, um, and then you made your way into security. I I find that to be a little bit different than the norm. Maybe I'm wrong. I know all a lot of security people have sort of some coding that they've done, but I don't know if they've been, you know, full-blown developers that have made their way to security. Um, can you give us a little bit about what that journey was like and some of the things that you learned um, as you made that your way into security? Sure. And, you know, in fairness, I might have, I might have oversimplified it that, uh, you know, that broad arc like that, because, for, you know, really from rather an early age, and I, I might date myself a little bit on this, but but as a, as a teenager uh, running a bulletin board system that was hacking focused, um, I like to say that I never, I never did anything which uh, was, that caught the attention of the law, but might have uh, you know, made my mother a little disappointed um, with uh, sort of these uh, pursuing interest in, in uh, hack, hacking. And that's how everybody kind of starts. So they think security, well, then I'm going to you know, wear, wear the hoodie and break into things and, and disrupt stuff. And then later you learn that it's a little broader than that. So that, that interest started a bit before uh, software development. And then I studied computer science at Ball State University and kind of, you know, there's a couple of different flavors of the way to do it, but I really enjoyed software development, just building something um, new and the amount of control that you can exert over how something would be built. So I worked as kind of a lead or senior programmer on uh, with a few companies, uh, actually the fun things sort of accidentally started a software company in college um, and I say accidentally because if you're sort of making money at some point you have to kind of incorporate and, and uh, you know you've got to have more people and it kind of becomes a business which was really fun it was a fantastic experience um, and security kind of weaved through this um, I'll give an example that company that I founded um, we had a we had a web hosting uh, portion of our business and um, somebody had to kind of step forward to kind of manage some of the uh, the infrastructure stuff, and so uh, I was I was kind of keenly aware that if, if our systems got compromised, how much you know how bad this would be, how, you know, lost revenue and embarrassment and so on. So I developed this philosophy with my co-founders where I said. I want to be able to walk around the room with the root password pasted on my forehead, but that we've had so many other safeguards and alerting mechanisms in place that it shouldn't matter. And so that was a standard that we went with just for kind of fun. Um, But software development was always to me like a means to an end that uh, there was something cool we wanted to do and uh, that uh, if it meant learning a new programming language or integrating some some kind of 
third party library or whatever it may be to get from here to there. That's what, what it was always about to me. So when, in light of that, the shift towards security is getting from here to there is increasingly getting, is, is a lot more messy. Um, and I spent a lot of my career doing enough security to keep us out of trouble, but it's getting harder. Um, I mean, the, re, uh, the reality these days is it's criminal syndicates that are basically actively looking for some way to take your stuff, uh, lock you out of it, and extort you either by uh, you being locked out or threatening to release uh, embarrassing information uh, about your, your company, you know, proprietary information, stuff like that. Um, it's so the stakes are a lot higher. So I think you have to be um, really, really intentional about security. So I think some specialization has, uh, you know, emerged out of that. And so um, I just became intensely interested in how we can improve, improve the situation, how we can uh, do better by ourselves and the people who trust us to you know, build custom software. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, that sort of makes, it puts you in a position where you feel, okay, well, we really have to sort of work on how to make sure that security is, is almost owned by the developers as well, right? I mean, as much as you have a security team and you have, you know, your CISO and you have your security engineering uh, team, you also need to make sure that your developers are sort of learning and building using, you know, the, the different sort of uh, philosophies that, that are being taught through the security side. So in terms of that uh, aspect, so what is sort of your philosophy, your general philosophy on the way security should work, especially within the developer side of an organization? Um, I think that... Hmm. I think the key is that you, is to broaden your imagination. That's what I kind of try to do um, with with developers is to say that your your work is is creative. Um, as a developer, I was uh, continually there's there's like this kind of joke about that the project manager brings you you know the specification or the user stories you know whatever have you know whatever your, your framework is and that as a, a good developer you're uh you're trying to read between the lines and at times even advocate for where you 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 may you're feeling user land empathy if you're doing this well well there's plenty of them who don't so um if you're those developers you know uh you know become one okay is <laughs> my suggestion but you, you so that's something good developers are continually trying to get empathy for how are you maybe a user the user experience well you have to have you have to have imagination i've been given plenty of bad specifications and i think any programmer will will talk talk to that example or that uh, you start down some building something and you realize this is going to not be satisfying. Okay, so I've, I've set the frame of, of reference for probably something most developers are going, yeah, that was a crappy uh, design that I was asked to build. Or if I just do 
if, if, if I give you what you ask for, you are going to be unhappy. And so how can I advocate for you to help you see? So it's imagination. Take that over to security a little bit and start to imagine how people misuse what you build. Um, that uh, if you, as a developer, if you've ever watched uh, end users use the user interface that you built, it is incredibly eye-opening. Um, they click things in the wrong way. They type stuff in fields that, that don't make sense because you expected numeric entries and they started typing the word five instead of number five into the field. Like all this crazy, crazy kind of stuff that user land does to your stuff, to, to your tools you've built. Okay, ramp that up tenfold and start imagining that somebody is wants to start really screwing with you. They're going to start um, putting in SQL commands through through your uh, forms. They're going to see if they threw five megabytes of, of data into a form field or if they're or if they could somehow script something to clog up your network and deny service. It's just another form of imagination. And it's actually kind of fun when you start to get into it and you talk with other people and you say, can you imagine some bad, you know, some ways that people can misbehave with this thing? Um, yeah, it is going to create some more work for you to mitigate against it. But um, I'd put it to you this way. Would you, would you rather put the effort into trying to harden your system against a denial of service while you're in sort of the, the, um, while you're in developer mode and all of that, or would you like to do it when, you know, the executive three layers up is losing their mind because the system is non-performant, customers are mad and we're trying to fix this because we're in a denial of service kind of experience. So it's like, it's, it, it's, it's worthwhile, but it's imagination is what I keep kind of coming back to. I, yeah, I probably meandered a bit off the off the topic. No, the I mean that that asked, that so. gets me like that gets that that makes sense. I mean, yeah, the having a philosophy of uh, of security uh, with developers is sort of matching the creativity uh, that you have as a developer that you need to be thinking a little bit differently. Also, that same philosophy goes for security side as well. So, I, I think that it's one of those things where if developers and security teams are working, you know, in synchronization that are both thinking uh, sort of a little bit forward that, you know, you're kind of covering all the bases you need, uh, especially when you need to rush features out, but you also need to make sure that you're keeping them secure. For sure. And I, and I think that's probably one of the, the tricks there is that it's, you've got a time schedule to build this software. And um, so there's two ways that you can collaborate with security one is we kind of uh everybody's all excited about being almost ready to release and then you say okay let's bring the security people in to start asking us questions now we're the bad people who are basically telling you why you might not be ready for release and somebody somebody's got to go back to you know to your you've either got to you know, accept the risk or push the schedule out. You've got to do more development. Okay, it's no fun coming in at the tail end, basically uh, being bearer of bad news and stuff like that. And and frankly, nobody's having any fun talking about uh, how to deal with these problems at that point. 
Okay, so let's flip the script. What if while we're in some of the design phase or minimum viable product or, you know, in QA, some, some space um, in if the left word, I'm going to say here, that uh, we're talking about this stuff. And it actually is pretty fun because we still have slack, some slack in our schedule. And these things start to get built into the product plan because it's because it's important. It's just a, an entirely different conversation. Um, so I, that's that's where I'd rather be um, it, where in the in the discussion. Um, but you know, if, it, if it's at the if it's at the tail end, um, we're about ready to push the you know the ship it button and let's talk to security. I'm still glad we're having the conversation, but boy, it's more fun earlier. I feel like you, it probably is something that is iterative. So as you're moving towards shipping your code, you're probably having certain milestones that you're checking yeah. to make sure you filled security requirements and then you continue. And then in case there was something that was missed or needs to be changed, you get that done by the next sprint or the next milestone. Um, and then it kind of sort of works out so that by the time you're ready to release, you've really covered all the bases that you could think of at the time. For sure. It's, um, and you know, it doesn't mean that what you ship is going to actually be, be secure. There's novel ways that uh, things go boom, but uh, you're just trying to improve the odds. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that uh, saying there are novel ways that things go boom. That's a, it's a good tagline. Maybe put on a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, continuing on the same sort of thread, you know, we talk about how, you know, security and, and developer uh, sides, you know, sort of should synchronize, think the same way. How, how do you actually sort of in, in real terms bridge that developer and security gap? Well, first you have to bridge the security and project manager gap um, so that it is, uh, I mean, I can, I can uh, win as many converts in developer land as possible. And that's not often too hard from the background that I have. So I need the project manager to agree that this has a place in the schedule, that this, this has a place in the, in the, in the budget. And um, that makes, that really makes the, the difference. And increasingly, it's not, it's not that hard as long as you can get these, these conversations a little bit earlier. But some of the practical things um, that I like to, um, is to suggest for developers is, there's like um, oftentimes whatever your IDE is that you're using, if you just start doing a Google search on secure for security related plugins, um, given the combination of your IDE and your language, there's a lot of stuff that will help you in static analysis early on to have some kind of some kind of warnings that are in there. That's one of these really easy wins, in my opinion. You know, you take it with a grain of salt because some of the some of the recommendations, you know, aren't there's going to be like a lot of effort for little gain. And that's some of the consultative side of it that I let them know, you know, the door is always open to have conversations about this stuff. Um, I probably won't have the all the answers either. we we'll search this stuff up together. I mean, the, the number one skill of being a software developer is being pretty dang good at Google. And that has um, crossed over into security as well. <laughs> so but, but that's, a, that's an example of something, you know, I think very practical. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, but winning, but winning developers over 
I have not found is is hard if they're if they have the endorsement of their project managers in the stuff. Interesting. I was actually going to ask sort of what what do you uh, like your first initial meeting with any group of developers, let's say, what would be sort of your initial thoughts about how do you present you know, what security plan you want to bring in case, uh, you know, I assume that some things, you know, would have been done at that time that the developers would have checked and would have done, but what's sort of like your opening pitch to the developers when you come onto a project saying, Hey, this is a kind of where my thoughts are. We need to focus on this, that, and, and the other thing. What, what are those things that you're focusing on? Well, you've probably caught a little bit of what I've said uh, thus far about kind of making, um, you know, that it can be fun. So I actually, I'm a big believer having managed software development teams that I was always trying to, uh, when, when people are enjoying what they're doing, I get the best work out of them. Now, granted, sometimes when you're, you know, debugging some ornery problem that uh, you're not making progress on, it's not much fun. We all got to take out the garbage. But generally, you, you can find a way to present what you're doing is interesting and fun. So rather than kind of going into this to say, hi, I represent the security team. We're, we're, we're all about like, you know, writing policies, procedures and controls and, and getting auditors, you know, you know up in your uh, business. Um, that's one way I could, you know, come, come in there and just say, and, and that's how it's going to be. And let me, let, me, let me help you to... Uh, you know, get through this successfully without a lot of pain. They can, yeah, we can do that. And that is, you know, part, part of it for sure. But uh, what I like to do is it goes back to that imagination. I'll say, like, if we do this well, we can actually uh, do some fun things. A classic example that I give is if you're doing a web application and some clown is poking around trying to get to the ETC password uh, file, um, yeah, you can just give them a 404 error. You can just not give them something. Let's have some fun. Let's give them a document that uh, is has some, you can either have some total uh, nonsense or that uses uh, a weak, weak password strength, but it's not the actual passwords to our systems. Now we've got now we've got a notion of what IP address that grabbed the file and is poking. And now we know about somebody who actually is interested in going after us instead of just casually going by. Okay, let's, let's, uh, ban, you know, now we can start banning their IP address and doing, you know, doing something uh, practical. Um, so a, a case like that, I start to see people's eyes light up, meaning, oh, I get to screw with somebody. I get to be creative and go, you know, and it's not a lot of time and effort to do that kind of thing. And again, it's engaging the imagination to think how adversaries work and they, they operate. So if I can start us off with, uh, maybe not the very first thing, but by an early on, get us involved in how can we um, do something that's kind of cool with security uh, or that, that uh, is, makes a good story like that thing about the password file, uh, then, um, then I've kind of got people's attention a little bit better. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and of course, everyone loves a good story and everyone likes to, you know, screw around with bad actors. So yeah. why, why not just go at it full force? So that's great. Uh, and we're basically here at the last question uh, of the episode, which uh, is 
just my question I like to ask every one of my guests. Uh, and that is, can you give us one or two ways that developers could practice better security on a regular basis that hopefully doesn't impact their daily development work? Sure. And I think one of them I probably mentioned is that, you know, secu security, you know, plugins for IDEs. Um, if uh, another one is if you can devote some time to uh, somebody, somebody's attention on your CI, CD pipeline, um, that area, um, there, whatever, whatever the tool set that you've got in your environment, um, if you're using uh, GitHub Actions, for example, search up like GitHub Actions exploit or action, GitHub Actions security hardening, things like that. And find a few find a few articles to broaden your your imagination for the ways that that it can be misused, and you will begin to see see ways that you can without a lot of effort um, harden what you're doing. Another one of the because once you once you've done that, you, like it's not going to impact your your work life. It's a little little bit of effort for a lot of gain. Um, the other part um, is like get real about like secrets management. Um, if your if your mechanisms are are kind of weak, I think we most of us have moved beyond secrets management, hard coded in some config file and so on. Like we've come along, we've come a long way, but most people, whatever they're doing today, has some real leakage risk, um, and so you want to you want to have stuff that prevents that from making it your secrets API keys and stuff from getting into. Uh, you know, getting out. Um, there's a there's a lot of ways. There's a variety of ways, and it really depends on your environment, how you're doing things. But um, after you after you've invested some you know common sense effort, you'll uh, you you just feel a lot more content or comfortable about your your development posture because what this a lot of all this stuff gets to is that as a developer, there's this there's some developers are more um, impacted by what happens in production than others. Some just some developing the system. Others are also, you know, they're kind of, you know, to be activated on, you know, remediation of production issues. The smaller team you are, the more that is. But regardless, you don't like to hear about any kind of crazy kind of production thing happening. So a little to this may be kind of related to the previous question in, in engaging developer interest is. Uh, that we think about security often as just did um, somebody abuse the system, uh, take data, or you know deface <laughs> the system. But availability, like the is a, is the the you know there's these three tenets of security: is a confidentiality, integrity, and availability. So I found that developers always relate to the availability side, that if something can make your system unavailable for people to use, crashed down or up, you know, and that people take, people take notice of that really fast. And so not to scare people, but like security's, uh, you know, on your side there uh, to, you know, to try to improve the, you know, uptime and availability, um, so. That's kind of that's kind of my pitch for how to you know why how to make it matter for people. Perfect, fantastic, Dwayne. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I learned a lot. It was uh, great to get sort of this uh, 
high level thought process about how to connect the two sides of things, um, you know, rather than, you know, just talking about sort of the bits and bites. So uh, I really appreciate your time. Uh, good luck with Converge and continuing success there. Uh, and I look forward to potentially having a, a talk again in the future. Definitely. This was really enjoyable. Nice, nice talking with you. Wonderful. All right, Dwayne, have a really great day and stay secure.